is <laughs> Battlefront 2. Why do you guys hate me so much? I don't understand. Dave, we told your rage gives us such glorious content that we can't not poke the bear at least once an episode. And with that, I say welcome to Geeks with Kids, <laughs> your bi-weekly geeky podcast from a parenting point of view. I am your host, Eric, and joining me this week is Gus, Matt, Hawk, and Steve. How's it going, guys? Hi. Pretty good. good. Yeah, this is our oh, first episode man. of 2020. So, oh, yeah, you know, that's going to be weird. It gonna, is weird, isn't it's it? It's going to take me weeks to get used mm. to saying that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And just, yeah. just, we're back in the 20s. We have to wear flappers and listen to swing music and oh, get all nice. that. that hey. Vaudevillian voices? Yeah, yeah. You got to be big, kid. Bella Lugosi, big. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be headed for a depression. <laughs> all oh, songs will well, now be sung into a megaphone. In the States, at least, they'll be headed towards uh, the depression. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. We get to do bootlegging now. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. I like yes. this. Yeah. I, I live in Guelph, and, you know, that's where all the beer came from. So, you know. That's always cool. So before we get things started, I'd like to thank the folks over at Everything is Permitted, Julian, Matt, and Brittany for having us on their Golden Gauntlets 2.0. The What did you call it, Matt? The, hey, uh, the, the Golden Gauntlets 2, the snapping. The snapping. Yeah, we got to... Um, we got to present two of their awards and talk about their picks and the picks that um, they we chose and then some nominations that we thought should have fit in there and then... <laughs> They decided yep. they they talked about uh, the picks that their audience, you know, chose, and yeah. I don't know, Matt. It was not, it was not surprising. You, yeah, yeah, it's not surprising. Although I don't think Smash Brothers should have won. That's right. Best game, but whatever. Well, whatever. you know what? It's you have to look at you know. There's a whole lot of things to come out there. Even they said they were surprised <laughs> at Smash Brothers. But you have to look at like the sheer volume of people that would have played it mm-hmm. versus some of the other games because yeah, like, like Control or Disco Elysium. That's and that's thing, like Control. I remember we had talked about. When it first came out, I think it was, was it Steve or was it? Steve was the only one that played it. And then I was like, okay, I'll play it. But that's the thing. I think Control was such a slow burn with the fans and not a lot of people had discovered it even up to the end of last year. Now everyone's starting to jump on that bandwagon because Steve, Mm -hmm. you are a prophet when it comes to good video games. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the last nice thing I'm going to hear about me for the rest of the evening. So I'll tell yeah, you, I'm going to butter you up now before you absolutely crucify me with my film choices. <laughs> um, if you guys haven't played it, Disco Elysium. If you guys have a PC that can run it, it's a it's a fun adventure game. I think you guys would get a kick out of the dialogue, especially us being very dialogue heavy people. I think you guys would like it. Anyways, so. This episode, episode, I don't know what number it is. I don't care. Um, it's going to be called The Geeks uh, versus somewhere. So 100 something something. Um, First episode of 2020. Yeah, let's let's go with that one. This is going to be The Geeks versus Matt Moore's top 10 films of the 2010s. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we're going to start off with Matt oh, just listing man. off all of the films and then we're going to break it down. We're going to go through each of the films and say whether we think it should be on that list or whether we shouldn't. And then maybe a couple of us are going to give some suggestions of some films that he may, you know, have missed on that list. So Matt Moore without any idea, go, go, go. Okay. So I'm going to lead off right now with, um, I'm going to give you guys a list of top grossing films from 2010 to 2019. So you can kind of see the compare and contrast between what was, generally the most popular film versus what I, I thought was, you know, good or better. And we can argue that as we see fit. Well, we can't argue the top grossing films. That's just where the numbers are. <laughs> so uh, 2010 was Toy Story 3. Mm. 2011 was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. 
2012 was Marvel's Avengers. Mm-hmm. That makes 2013 sense. 2013 was Disney's Frozen. Mm-hmm. Yep, that also makes sense. 2014 was Transformers Age of Extinction. Uh, oh. No, was it? Wow. It was. Oh my no, god. 2014? 2014. Oh, that makes me I'm sad. Very disappointed. I know. Oh. Uh, 2015 was Star Wars The Force Awakens. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. 2016 was Captain America Civil War. Mm, yeah. Mm. 2017 was uh, Star Wars Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dark dark times. Yep. Uh, 2018 <laughs> was Avengers Infinity War. Makes yes. sense again. Which is no surprise. Uh, and 2019 was Avengers Endgame. Oh, wow. Actually, yeah. I, for some reason, I just never thought the second part did that well. So that's great. Oh, did It actually did better than the first part, surprisingly. Yeah, Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people just came to see that, that you know, that culmination of yeah. those 10 years. Yeah. Right. So, so those are the top 10 grossing films. Yeah. yeah. Those sure. are the top grossing films of, of the 2010s. The number ones. I didn't, I tried, I didn't want to go through every single year because there was you know, hundreds at that point in time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but those are the number ones from every single year. And now we get into the fun part. Where <laughs> y'all get to fight me over my cinematic taste. Um, so for me, uh, we'll start off with 2010. For me, the, the top film of 2010 um, for me was Inception. Directed cool. by um, uh, Nolan. Chris Nolan. Chris yeah, Nolan. Chris Nolan. It's Chris Nolan. To be honest, I think this 100% deserves to be on this list. Yeah. When I saw this film, it blew my mind. I saw it with yeah. two of my friends and my one friend Mel was just watching me most of the movie because she said my, my jaw would just drop and I would just be like <laughs> drooling at the visuals yeah. and then it would just slowly br- break my mind as yeah. the film went on. And it was a, it was a really great hybrid of practical and visual <laughs> effects. It has an insanely good, good cast yeah. uh, with lots of names in there that people forget were even in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ending is still to this day debated by people as to what actually happened at the end of that, which, you know, is usually a sign of a movie. They'll stick with yep. you. People are still yep. talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one of his best films. So, yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm surprised this movie, like this movie came out in the height of when 3d was getting really big. Mm-hmm. This was a movie that was just like, Nope, we're going to keep it 2d and we're going to keep it amazing. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if this movie would have done as well if it wasn't 3d. No, I think there would have been so many people getting vertigo and nausea watching the film. Like sure. everything folding. Oh everything's folding and all that flying around. I think there would have been so many people getting sick, it would have actually done more damage to the movie than than good. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that Nolan decided to sway away from the 3D. He never really jumped on the 3D bandwagon with most of his stuff. No, no. He's never really jumped on digital film or digital CGI in any a major way. Um, you know, this goes back to like when he was producing like The Dark Knight. And, uh, yeah. Decided to go for practical effects over any yeah, CGI. For sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he likes uh, he likes to come up with uh, really interesting interesting ways to shoot things. Like I think that's always been yeah. you know like with Dunkirk, for instance. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he really likes to work on the the way the story is told. And yeah, I, I I think this is a great this is a great pick because yeah, it's one of those movies that has like a, a very high concept and um, it's matched on all levels: the mm-hmm. acting and uh, the story and the way it's filmed. Uh, and just it it definitely created a new standard. I mean, everybody. Uh, uh, doesn't I don't think thinks of the film, but we were definitely yeah. all like the film industry has been impacted by uh, very that much type so. of you know boom you know that yeah. sound effect alone you know nothing oh, yeah. else. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, question for you guys: Is this Chris Nolan's best film of the 2010s? 
Hmm. I'd say we so. Had that we had Dunkirk. We had yeah. um. What's that other Absolutely. one? Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, and, me, and then yeah. Batman Three. Oh. Um, <laughs> definitely better than Batman Three. <laughs> <laughs> I could understand uh, everyone talking in Inception. <laughs> yeah. I, I I would don't I don't know. Uh, for an oddball pick, I'd probably go Interstellar in that because he did a, a sci-fi space adventure movie in that. And again, no CGI. Yeah. Very little yeah. in the way I, of it. I um I actually haven't seen Interstellar, even though it seems like the kind of movie I shouldn't. I was thinking, just putting this out to you guys right now, I was thinking of uh, doing a triple bill of Steve hasn't seen like crazy sci-fi. I'm going to do ah. Arrival, Interstellar, and and yeah. add and and add Astra back to back, and then see what, what kind of brain state I'm going to be in. That's like game. a whole day. Those movies are long. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're all probably very different. So I have no idea. But no, don't watch Arrival. Don't watch it. Okay. Good to know. Oh, I well, think it's the oldest one, so I'll start with that. For the visuals alone in Arrival, I would watch it. Mm. It's um, interesting from a from a like a linguistic. See, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. People say there's interesting ideas. Nobody said it's a great movie. That's that's the that's the funny thing. No one has ever told me it's a great movie. But everyone says there's some neat uh, sci-fi in it. Anyway, getting back to the point, because yes. I haven't seen Interstellar, um, I actually really like Dunkirk, but I have a soft spot for war movies that I feel actually managed to capture something a little bit more, you know, than what we usually think. Dunkirk was phenomenal. I was gonna say, have yeah. you seen? I'm assuming you've seen 2017. Or nineteen seventeen. Future war. Yeah, I have seen nineteen seventeen. Are, yeah. are you yeah. comparing the last Jedi to World War One? Horror. <laughs> the horror. Uh, yeah, oh. no, I saw nineteen seventeen. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But, and it's kind of funny because like when I was watching it, I was thinking back to Dunkirk and how like they they create a different type of tension. Uh, mm-hmm. Using totally different types of, of methods, but they both mm-hmm. are very uh, very good at telling their stories. Anyway, anyway, right. yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like Dunkirk maybe a little bit more, but I, Inception's a close second for cool. me. I saw Dunkirk um, on a seventy seven millimeter screen. Yeah, me too. And mm-hmm. I don't think I'd ever been so. I don't think I've been in a movie theater where I thought I was going to have a heart attack the whole way through. <laughs> that movie was intense yeah. from the get-go. Yeah, the ticking clock. And it just kept on building. I'm just like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh God. Yeah. And like, you know, when you're in a movie and you're just like mindlessly eating popcorn because it's, it's a movie. That movie, I had my popcorn was full by the end of it just because I, I wasn't eating it. I was just like gripping. Like it was, it was so gripping. Yeah. That movie was so good. Question. At what point in the movies did you did each of you kind of uh, figure out that the, what we were seeing was like time lapse stories? Uh, when when the planes started to fly above and match with the boats, I started to realize that there might be because I, I I know enough about the situation and about mm-hmm. some of the technology that I knew that those planes didn't have that much fuel. So I was like thinking, wait, this doesn't quite fit, right? Like for him to have been flying this long, right? And mm. just have flown over them, you know, and that's, that was the first clue for me. But yeah, it was, that was yeah. a great, uh, great surprise. I knew, I knew the, I knew the story beforehand. So I knew um, when the ships would be getting there and the sort of the order of sequences of what happened. So right. You know, it was a neat surprise, but sitting there like, oh, cool. He's editing this really odd. Uh, <laughs> not odd, but like 
you know, I don't know how to explain that. I mean, uniquely. Other than odd. Uniquely, but, here you go. But then again, I mean, knowing that he was the guy who did Inception, we're almost yeah. a little bit prepared for something weird like <laughs> exactly. that. Yeah. Like, what's the weird thing he's going to do in this movie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, oh, so back to Interstellar, Steve, you'll appreciate that it's like hard science. Like okay. what they did in it is all based around actual astrophysics that we have in our world right now. It might and not be... It might not be in practice, but it is in theory right now. It's it's a capital S science fiction. Yeah. Cool. A lot of scientists agree with everything that was presented on the screen. Wow. Okay. Even the visuals of the special effects, they actually did the physics in in the 3D to make it look proper. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. So now let's move on to 2011. <laughs> um 2011 was actually very difficult for me because, and this is something that I said I'd stumbled upon in my research, is that uh, the year 2011 holds a very singular uh, blip in cinematic history in so much as that year it has, it had to date and has, I don't believe since it had been beaten, the most sequels to film franchises released in a single year. Hmm. Uh, which is kind of proven given the fact that the number one film of that year was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Right, the end of the series. So there wasn't a lot of original content that came out uh, that year, which mm. is always, you know, a little tricky when you're sifting yeah. through that because then, you know, if you talk about the second film, you got to talk about the first film, yada, yada, yada. I have a whole rant on on stuff like that that I won't get into right now. But for me, 2011, my choice for the best film of that year was Captain America, the first <laughs> Avenger. Great film. It was a great yeah. film. And there was a couple others that I was kind of hemming and hawing back and forth on, but then finally I was like, you know what? No, because again, that one, it's a film that is so yeah. talked about today. Yeah. No, I, um, I, I think it, uh, I was always a Captain America fan. And, uh, you know, with the 90s, there were so many bad superhero presentations, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and I thought that, uh, you know, after Iron Man, I was like quite hopeful. And I have to say, like, I think that mm -hmm. this film really for non-comic book fans brought them into the fold because mm -hmm. it took what I think most people would consider a very goofy concept. I mean, if you don't know who Captain America is, those words just sound ridiculous, right? Yeah. I mean, Captain America, right? But they found in Chris Evans uh, such an earnest, you know, uh, actor and the portrayal of it was just, he's just such a genuine good guy, you know? And that's, that to me was always the essential quality of the comic book character as well. He's just, he's just a good person. Absolutely. And uh, that completely came across and it had the World War II elements too. So it was just, that's yeah. just like, that is a great movie. Yeah, I yeah. definitely agree with your choice. I remember and, uh, the, the controversy around casting him too, because people were like, oh, you mean the guy from Fantastic Four? Yeah. The, goofy guy? <laughs> the, the, the guy who's always in those teen comedy the guy that the guy that had made the banana split, yeah, no, that was uh, <laughs> well. I mean, the, the whipped cream Sunday, oh, lovely. yeah, but yeah, no, I I was very much surprised at him. I love that they brought in the old costume in that sort yeah. of like that yes that musical yeah. number and yeah. Joe Johnson's amazing director. So having yeah, him no, come out to do that was was great. It it paid serious uh, homage to the Captain America franchise over the years, especially like between like the costumes. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot. The fact that the Howling Commandos were there. Yeah, that was yeah. surprising too. Yeah. And um, perfectly cast. And you're right. The, the casting absolutely. was spot on for it. Yeah. Like all of them. Oh, and they did the, the whole Bucky thing where he gets yeah. lost. Yeah. yeah. They set up a lot of things. I it mean, also, yeah, it introduces yeah. us to Sebastian Stan yeah. for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, and the whole Carter. Yeah. Agent Carter. She was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, too bad her series died, but. Well. Yeah, it's still she was the best part of Marvel TV. 
Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, for me, that was that was one that was the, the top one that year for me. Uh, and then we go into the 2012, 2012. Uh, for me, this is where it's going to start to get a little controversial, and I'm okay with that. Uh, 2012 for me, the best film of the year was Django Unchained. Uh, what did you guys think? <laughs> I actually didn't see it, so sorry. Go ahead. Wow, I seen not it my favorite Tarantino movie. It's a good. It's a good Tarantino movie. Yeah. It's great performance by Jamie Fox and Christoph Waltz. And yeah. Um, and again, that's for me. Like it brought Jamie Fox uh, fully back into the action fold. Uh, it, it really brought Christoph Waltz very, very prominently forward, especially after Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Where he got to play the good guy and sort of the comedic foil, which is something that no one was counting on him doing. He was pretty funny in the Inglorious Bastards. So. He, he was, but it was it was one of those. It was uncomfortable funny, not like <laughs> yes. a ha ha funny. Right? Yeah, uh, it was a good movie. I don't know. I, I don't think I, I don't think of that movie when I think of Tarantino, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a that's, that's me. And, and I mean, it also kind of it again. It brought you know another kind of brought. Um, why is the name escaping me right now? DiCaprio, there it is. Brought him kind of back into into the spotlight again. Right? Yeah, yeah yes. that was the shi- that mm-hmm. for me that was kind of the shining performance, especially with the the take that they kept in the film where he actually sliced his hand. Open. I know. Oh. But yeah, like it was. It really was a, an acting masterclass for all the characters in that film. Just watching them do their thing and do it so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Especially yeah. taking material that very easily could have become very, very controversial since he was doing basing it off an old black exploitation film from the sixties and seventies, to then take it and deal with it in a way that wasn't exploitative and it was oh. really kind of it it, it, it did nothing to diminish the entire experience of like the slave trade. Yeah. In fact, yeah. it's one of the movies that kind of I think took the really took the handcuffs off and showed yeah. what really like uh and then but then turns it around with some with tarantino-esque violence that he's known for so you get that great redemptive arc and you can cheer on the good guys and you know who the bad guys are so i i enjoyed it so that's for me that really was the best one of the year i do appreciate that tarantino kept his uh typical like over exaggerated gun play in that film yes. like you get a pistol and they just go flying yeah. that always amused me in any of his films mm-hmm. and i'm glad he kept it in that yeah uh, well, that's uh, he, it's really become his trademark in films is especially the the, the exaggerated violence because it, it's easier to get away with excessive violence if it's so comical and exaggerated that no one could ever believe it was real yeah and it's it's a punctuation you know in his storytelling too right so he just exactly yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah because it's Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> well, that's yeah, yeah, and Sam Jackson in that film. Whoa. Oh, fair, fair. So then we get to 2014. Uh, for oh, me, no, 13. 2013. 13? Oh, sorry, 13. Getting ahead of myself. Uh, 2013, uh, my top film of the year, and this one was actually agreed upon by several different awards, would be uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Because mm. I, I never saw it. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Oh, <laughs> that, was, you know that was one I actually made it to the theater for that one, and it was a great. It's I a wanted great to, film. I just never got around to it. Um, it's it's a great, it's a really well done film. Um, again, it introduced, uh, you know, it brought it brought Jonah Hill kind of back into the line, into the forefront with uh, with his character in that. It introduced us to Margot Robbie for the first time. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, introduced us to all of Margot Robbie for the first time. <laughs> Which I am 100% okay with. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that out there. 
Um, it was very, very interesting, especially because it is it is uh, a, a docudrama. Like it is based on on reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based on living reality. Like you know, DiCaprio actually sat down and talked with the guy he was portraying. Uh, oh, that's to, crazy to get his you know to get his take on everything. So it was it truly was like. He, he embodied the character because he was able to meet with the character and actually learn and shape based off his interactions with him. So that in and of itself is kind of a a thing you don't see in film very often. You'll see, you know, there's a lot of docudramas and you get people that are playing these figures, but usually they're they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we call it a docudrama in that, but, you yeah. know, there was so much comedy in it, too. Oh, absolutely, too. So out there. Yeah. Yeah, calling it a docu-comedy doesn't have the same ring to it because it no. just it was also <laughs> part of it was because it was so outlandish, but part of it was because they were all so hopped up on drugs for most of it because it was the eighties. <sighs> it's what they did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Blow everywhere. One of, the, yeah. one of the last great drug films made, I'd say. Yep. Uh with also a phenomenal uh cameo from uh Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> that became very, very memeable for about three years afterwards. Oh, Okay, yeah, I know yep. this man. Yeah. Everyone remembers the meme. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, for those that have seen the movie, Jonah Hill gives a performance that you will never be able to unsee again. Yeah, he really kind of, he really <laughs> kind of elevated his status in that. He definitely let it all hang out in that movie. Oh. You know, from, from big guy and goofball comedies yeah. and that to actually, you know, a, a serious... Dramatic, yeah, no, he actually dramatic definitely. comedic performance. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good trade-off. I mean, Margot Robbie and Jonah Hill. Uh, I don't know. Well, uh, Jonah Hill was prosthetic. Oh, did he get better, nominated for an Academy Award for this, or is that Jonah? something no, else? That was something else. Was that Moneyball? Yeah. It was Moneyball. Okay. Oh, no, no, Jonah. Jonah wasn't this one. Hmm. So yeah, that that is my 2013. Then we got 20, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 2014, and again, this will be where it starts to get a little controversial, but I'm okay with that. 2014. Frozen. <laughs> Guardians. <laughs> no, for me, it's uh, for 2014. For me, it was John Wick. I 100% agree with yeah. you. I love this flick so much. Yeah. Uh, especially because this really was what kickstarted the Keanu-sans. Exactly. Yeah. It, it was just as a pure action film, you don't get much better than this movie. Mm hmm. Like it's a simple revenge story, but it's done so well. And it's done with just walking that fine line between outlandish violence. And it is still, you can see how that does exist kind of in reality. So you can buy into it. Yeah. Not so much with some of the later films in the series. It started to get a little, I don't want to say cartoony for two and three, but it, it definitely became a little more yeah. fantastical. It became more out, yeah, outlandish. Yeah. It's yeah. getting further and further away, yeah. so we'll the see where it goes. He got in, back into his world, the more outlandish it got for mm-hmm. me. But I'm still in, all in yeah. for it. Yeah. I, I would watch. People I would watch asking him do me it, but... if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yes, Keanu is back. I love that uh, Chad Stahelski, the guy who directed it, was Keanu Reeves's um, stuntman for The Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> so every every time been... you saw Keanu get hit in The Matrix, yeah. that was him. He's actually been his stunt guy for a lot of a lot of stuff from that yeah. time too. He's kind of it was. Um, I think it was from very, that point on. It was, he's been his stunt man. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that was he's wanted to to do. He wanted to do. A, and again, it's all practical effects, all practical stunts. No, mm. there was some CGI enhancements. Sure. Yeah. But all the base stunts were practical. Yeah. Which yeah. Again, they, I can give full respect for. They enhanced some gunshots well. to make it look real, more real. Yeah. Um, yeah, Blood and, they, and they enhanced damage, like with the the bit with the car. 
Yeah, sure. sure. Like they they made it look worse than it actually was, but it still still happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, all the so car yeah. stuff that um, Keanu did, um, or at least the driving stuff, was him. Was so Keanu, yeah. he got him to do everything, which wow. is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and just watching his gun training videos is a sight to see for someone yeah. that like he's like fifty something. Yeah, and he moves mm-hmm. that fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a vampire, as we all know. It's true. <laughs> that, that is the true fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's a great film. No, I, I, I definitely. It's changed the the whole uh, approach. <laughs> exactly. I think. I think a lot of films have sort of tried to copy it since then. You know, but yeah, very much. It was so. just such a genuine effort by, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Keanu, and but like the fact that it was you know made by you know stunt people. Like, there's so much high quality stunt yeah. work, and the fact that they like like you just said, Eric, like he went for actual, you know, gun training and the driving and mm-hmm. there's just so much authentic about it that it just, it really, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a step above, you know, yeah, they also filmed it in not a North American style. Like they did the Hong Kong style of shooting mm, yeah. action sequences so we could see it. It wasn't all quick right. cuts and yeah. close ups. So janky cameras. You couldn't yeah. tell what was going on. Like you, you knew people were yeah. getting hit. Those cameras. <laughs> yeah. Those were fixed cameras that weren't moving anywhere. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It does Wonderful make a big film. difference. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's still a film I watch ever so often because I. And again, I just, just stellar performances across the board in the movie, too. Not just mm-hmm. Keanu, but everyone else in the film as well was just phenomenal. I love yeah. that. It, sorry. Go, go, Steve. No, I was going to say with the performances. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of small roles and they're actually pretty camp. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Keanu is like kind of like the most sort of flat line performance, which is perfect mm-hmm. right up until yeah. when he isn't right. Yeah. But like everybody else is like way over the top and, and it still works though. You yeah. know, like they just, they play their, their sort of weird underworld figures very well. Exactly. Uh, anyway, sorry, go ahead, Eric. Oh no, I was just saying based off the, the, the weird bit characters, they, it brought in this whole like other world, like the mythos that, mm-hmm. you know, just it, it wasn't too much in that first film, but it was enough to whet your appetite. And you're just like, Ooh, I want to learn more. And then they just kept on opening that yeah. can. And it, now made, they're gonna... it made people want to go back and see more, which is how they were able to spawn two sequels out of, out of it that have done just as well, if not better than the original. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've which is also very funny. rare for uh, uh, an action franchise. Yeah. 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 Right. So yeah, so that was my 2014. I see that no one is like, nah, John Wick shouldn't be on this list. John Wick, thumbs up. <laughs> no, yeah. you can't disagree with it, because every time I watch it, and I always kind of find something more to it, and and yeah, the perform, you know, Keanu's fantastic, and it's you know that was a point where he started to kind of really kind of control his own kind of film franchise, and that I he separated off from Hollywood at some point in that and just started to do things that interested him. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody, have you ever saw He's always been like that though, right? Yeah. Remember country. when he left Hollywood to go play Hamlet in Winnipeg? Yeah. <laughs> like, like he, he does what he wants. Yeah. He did yeah, that. You got to respect him for too. that. And now it's come back around where it's like, it actually makes him money now. You know? mm-hmm. And a lot of other people money. Yeah, and I mean, he's been able to do what he loves to do, and he's now, especially right now, at a point where he doesn't have to work if he doesn't want to. He's going to take on the stuff that he wants to do and interest him, which means that it's, you know, the stuff that he's putting out, he feels is quality, and, you know, which means that he believes in it, which is what you want from an actor. And this is why we're getting another Bill and Ted and another Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Possibly. I would love to see those movie offers, though, that are sitting (laughs) on the table. Like, he must have. He must have just 
everything under the sun being thrown on him. You know what? You should come and do this movie. You should come to this movie. You yeah. should come to this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Especially since Marvel's been trying to get him well, in a film been since knocking, like 2012. Yeah. They've been knocking yeah. on his door since before this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, so that was my 2014. Uh, now we get into 2015. For me, this one was actually really easy. For 2015, yeah. Mad Max, Fury Road. Mm. Yep. That was the proper choice of 2015. George, that really George Miller was. came back. And he my, came back with a vengeance. My only regret that year was uh, not actually getting a D-Box seat for that movie. I you didn't got, see that in D-Box? I, no. I, I saw the movie so many times. And that yeah. was the one thing I'm like, ah, oh, I should have yeah. done D-Box with that movie. Uh, I did yeah. not even knowing what D-Box was. And I instantly appreciated the fact that I made that <laughs> choice when I saw it. Because it was the greatest thing ever. I remember we were all sort of weary about it. Uh, before it came out, because we're like, oh, you know, what's his name is playing Mad Max and, you know, Tom Hardy. Who knows? Yeah, everyone was like, but Mel Gibson. Everyone's like, but he's old and racist and crazy. (laughs) (laughs) All good arguments. So so much much like I do for many movies I think are going to be bad, I bought a D-Box ticket because I'd be like, you know, at least it'll be fun. I'll be be shaken up. But no, that movie was just amazing the whole way through. Yeah, no, it was. Who knew it was about Furiosa more than Mad Max? But that's what works so well about it, too, is that they were able to introduce her without it seeming weird. Yeah. yeah. And everyone went into it not, you you didn't have the, especially then the argument of like, well, no, it's Mad Max. We don't care about any of these other characters, especially if they're female. They were able to make her the hero of it so gradually that everyone accepted it and there was never any kind of pushback on it. And it really pushed Charlize's kind of cred, I think, a little right. bit. Right? Like she was kind of known for more, I don't know mellower type stuff like this was more of the like hey yeah. this is, you know she can hold her own she it, can if, yeah for me it brought brought me back to when she first started in hollywood with like two days in the valley where she was kind of that like action yeah. comedy star that badass yeah yeah, yeah bad, she got uh, atomic blonde after this one right I, I yeah. Believe so, yeah. Yeah. yeah she was badass in that too even though the movie wasn't that great yeah but you know, it kind of it really established her as a go-to, you know. As, yeah, in, in film. absolutely. She can do anything at this point. Yeah, she can yeah. do anything. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a great movie. I definitely uh, all double thumbs up for that one. Yeah. yeah that, and I also, this is what I was actually talking about Fury Road. It's the one thing that I love about it because, again, it's the weird trivia that I love. Uh, the actor that played a Morton Joe. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> Was also toe cutter in the original seventy nine. Yeah, yeah. Which again, for me, I didn't even know that going in. I saw that. I'm like, that is so cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize it until after when I was yeah. reading all the tidbits. Because that's one of those a, films where you're just like, I want to know everything about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It. My the thing I took away from that movie, which I was so happy about, is they kept all the weird dialogue and slang. You know, yes, movies and that, and kind of expanded it out. Yeah. yeah. No, Even I mean that, right that's that's there. That's one of those qualities, you know, of the whole series. I mean, we can, that would be a whole thing for us to debate, you know, like between these four movies, you know, but like that, that's definitely part of it. It got progressively more and more bizarre, you know, and to see that continuation of the language is fantastic. Well, yeah, watching the sort of the, the, the de-evolution of society as the years go on and things get further removed from the catastrophe that, yeah, you see that society is reinventing itself with new language and slang and, you know, memes and tropes that they need to use to survive oh i loved how they factionalized into their usefulness you know like bullet thumb gas yeah. <laughs> it also gave us a not too not too horrible uh video game franchise well it's not franchise but startup i, game I never anyways. played that game yeah. it's okay 
It's all right. It's fun. Like it's, it's, it's exactly what you'd expect it to be. Yeah. I have it on PlayStation. I think it was free for PlayStation plus one of the months. So yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah. The story is a little bit, you know, not amazing, but the setting and the feeling of the cars, it's it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Do you upgrade the cars? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One of the best things about the game, like just a bit of a video game aside, I mean, it's got a little bit of a Arkham Asylum sort of on the foot combat, which is like yeah. kind of weird. Doesn't, doesn't really Mad feel Max? like it. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like it matches, but yeah. the driving part of it is really good. And um, yeah, you actually end up getting really distracted because you just want to upgrade the car and you've got to actually like run down convoys, which is the most exciting, yeah. crazy thing. Because you're gonna take out the whole convoy, yeah. you know, just to get that part, you know. And, so it's and you're and you're doing that, and then all of a sudden, oh look, a sandstorm kicked in, and now oh, you've got yeah. like explosive lightning throwing stuff at you. It's yeah, it's it's fun, but it's yeah. uh, it's intense. Yeah, it's a neat little game. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it definitely follows the spirit of of Fury Road. Uh, as sort of like a quasi spiritual. Yeah. It's sequel. it's not actually related though, right? Like it's kind of in its own. Like it, no, it it happens. That it it is part of that franchise. Is it supposed to be okay? I was never um, really totally sure because I didn't actually the, finish it, so main, I don't know where it links <laughs> up. The main villain is one of Morton Joe's sons. That's what I thought. Oh. And they they talk about it like late in the game. You find that out because it's like, oh, cool, that's the connection. Neat, but it's not. So like, is this this after the game or before or after the movie or before the movie? Before, it's before, it's okay. before the movie. The the game and uh, from the way they'll set it up, the game ends shortly before uh the movie begins oh okay that's pretty cool yeah so it yeah, does it's kind it's, of link so it explains why he was captured and all that stuff it explains why he was out there and why they were chasing uh, uh, yeah. why they were chasing him yeah and yeah. why he has the car back too yeah mm-hmm. so yeah interesting cool i'm gonna have to try that out now yeah it's yeah. kind of fun it's Great. like i said it's mindlessly fun that's a, that's my favorite choice of yours for the 2010s nice it is it is probably up there in my top too yeah um so then we're into 2016 and this one this one i had i had two and the more i keep going back and forth on i'm going to stick with the one that i told you guys about but i have a very very close second but technically i can't put it on the list because it was never released in cinemas oh Interesting. Which is why I pulled off because it was never actually released in theaters. Now Fair. I want to know what it is. So for 2016, my my <laughs> official choice for 2016 was M Night Shyamalan Split. I enjoyed this film more That's than a cool I movie. thought I would. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I went with that is because I couldn't go with the choice I wanted to, which was Batman: The Killing Joke. Mm. Oh. Yeah, the Killing Joke. What the I animated did, one? The animated Killing Joke. Uh, I didn't like that. Was that 2016? 2016. I was at Comic Con when they played it, and boy, was it awkward afterwards. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it got worse. I I left because they do they were doing the whole panel right, and yeah. we were all kind of a bit shell shocked from the whole experience. Everyone was quiet, and we were just listening to them. And apparently, I left when someone started asking some some picky questions, and then it kind of blew up. Apparently, so <laughs> yeah. picky like how out of curiosity. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, I have to go up and I have to Why did go back you and look up that girl. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they, he made someone made a pointed question about that Batgirl thing, and the writer uh, responded in a really uh, uh, abrupt way, and then it just kind of exploded from there. So Ooh. that's fair. Now yeah. I want to look this that's up. Fair. But uh, again, I, I for me that one especially because you get Conroy and Hamill doing the most iconic uh, Batman comic that had never been filmed before so for me that just it it hit me right in the warm fuzzy feels but again it was also straight to video 
which is why I bumped it in lieu of Split, because that for me was one of the best of that year. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, I would agree with this. Especially if for no other reason than James McAvoy has a tour de force performance as like 14 different characters in that film. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, you've forgotten how, how, forgotten how good of an actor he is. Yeah. And then like he showed us up and does that and you're just like, oh you yeah. That, like, God damn, that's phenomenal. Um, and not, and, and also for the fact that it then became a sort of backdoor sequel to Unbreakable and the lead into the significantly less successful Glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which interestingly enough, though, was all, I think, based on what I've seen anyways, it was all kind of part of a plan that Charlotte has put together. Right? <laughs> it, was, it was part of a plan, but it was a plan that he'd never told anyone about. Right. Oh. And it's it's one of those things where I think it, it to me, it kind of reintroduced that whole, he made a name for himself with that weird turn. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, you know, the past couple of offerings have been kind of crappy. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, what? Yeah. It is going and then on you get to here. the very end, and then you see Bruce Wilson go, What yeah. a twist! What? Yeah. <laughs> I did not see this coming. Yeah, yeah I, was, I remember sitting there, I'm like, Oh, this movie doesn't have a twist. That's that's different. Well, it, and kind, then it, it, kind, and then, it kind of did, in so much as you, you know, you spend most of the movie thinking, Okay, like this character, yeah. this is real, doesn't exist. Yeah, I always yeah. assumed he did. I don't know why. Maybe just well, I, from knowing M. Night. I, I did because I saw the trailer and you see him in the trailer. Oh. So you knew like that was just bad trailer cutting. But that was also because yeah. they were trying to do damage control because the movie had a lot of negative press when it was announced. Hmm. Given the fact that it was dealing with DI, it deals with DID and right. you know, the DID community being like another movie that's stigmatizing us as psychotic villains. Yeah. Sure. Right up until the movie came out and then people went, Oh, it takes place in this universe. Now it all makes sense. Like it's one of those. There was a lot of controversy, and then the movie was released, and it vanished because people realized, no, this yeah. it's not a realistic interpretation of, yeah. of this disorder. Sure. It yeah. is a fantasy interpretation, which is still not great, but it's different than him trying to just take that and take the stock mental illness makes villains thing. And when in reality, it's, yes, it's making a super villain mm-hmm. because no one gets superpowers from that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. That's, a re- that's a really interesting choice in that because, you know, um, I think right up to that point, like, you know, Shyamalan as a filmmaker was in the weeds. You know, he was disaster after disaster. Last Airbender. Uh, Last Airbender. Name. It's Devil. I liked personally, but it was not the best movie of the year that it came out. Yeah. But I personally yeah. liked that movie. Then there was um, After Earth. Yeah. He'd had a lot of high concept. Oh, low follow through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, it was nice to see him kind of go back to the basics, and that, that, yeah. that kind of got him there instead Char- of you know, character-driven, non-effects-heavy films. Yeah, or chasing like some big sci-fi hit again. Yeah, you know, did he know? direct the visit? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Or was yeah, he just a writer one. for that? No, he directed it as well. Oh, I liked that movie too. It yeah, was all right. Was it, wasn't that right before this? No, it was, the visit was way after this. Was it? I don't remember. Because it was uh, not way after. No, no, it was, it was in eighteen nineteen. It was only a few years ago. Yeah, twenty fifteen. The visit it was the year right before Split. Yeah, it was before. The yeah. visit was before Split. Huh. Yeah, yeah, because huh. that that was the thing. It was Devil Visit, and then people right. were like, "Oh, you know what?" With Visit and Devil, even though he didn't direct that one, right? No, but he did. Um, right? Exactly. I mean, he was involved with it, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, okay, maybe he's getting his act together." And then Split was like, "Wow, he's back!" You know? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And then Glass happened. 
And he's and, like, oh, yeah. he's gone again. Well, <laughs> I don't, that's what we have to talk about that one at some point. But yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, Glass was should have been two movies. That's where I'll leave it at that. It should have been two different films instead of trying. Sure, to yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah. there's a lot of things that yeah. should be two films. It's a yeah. lot of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree with your split, and I, I totally disagree with your killing joke. So I'm glad you picked this. Well, but that's why I, I pulled it. Yeah. I, I couldn't let it go without mentioning it, just because it was, like I said, it wasn't sort of near and dear. To my heart but for that reason uh 2017 and this is where i'm gonna i'm gonna deviate from what i had originally said and this is one Ooh. of the ones i was back and forth on this one and originally yeah. i had said it was my choice for 2017 i'm reneging on this i'm going with my original choice for 2017 which was jordan peele's get out yeah uh, that's that? a much oh. better that's yeah, much what it's gonna add to the list yeah me too i had back. that on my yeah, know <laughs> And then, again, it was, I was really 50, 50 on it. Cause I'm like, get out was great, but it was also early in the year. And I'm like, I had to look and take into consideration other stuff. And I was like, it did a phenomenal job with a property that a lot of people were worried was not going to be done well. And it did really well, especially given the age of the cast, mm-hmm. but it was also part one of two. And I had, like I said, I have a whole thing about sequelized material that I don't like to include unless I have to. Yeah. I'm looking at fair. like best of, because like, you can't say it's like, this is the, the first half is the best half, mm-hmm. but yeah. I uh, agree. But I, well, well, but then I'll, I, it, it I, I, go, on... I go back on that in, <laughs> in a year or so. I'm going to go back on that statement. <laughs> Fair. Uh, but for, yeah. So for me, get out was definitely one of the best, the best films of that year. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, again, just brought Jordan Peele out of, out of the, I don't even want to say shadow of being the, the, the silly funny man, but definitely it, it broke, it broke mold for him where everyone's like, okay, Jordan Peele, he's hilarious. He's a great comedy writer. He's very funny. And then he directed that and everyone went, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was definitely going to be the movie I was going to add because I didn't see that on the list. And uh, it uh, it actually inspired a conversation earlier last year. I mean, later last year, whatever, towards the end of last year, (laughs) where um, I, I actually consider Get Out a perfect movie in terms of its acting, Mm -hmm. in terms of its visuals, in terms of its pacing. And like, I I don't use that term lightly. And it it got me thinking about what other movies, you know, would I, you know, possibly put in that category, but get out is the, is a golden example for me. Yeah. It is a perfect film. Yeah. It has so many layers to it that it's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah, there's not a missed a misstep or misbeat in that movie in any way. Yeah. It was so even the perfect. comedy that's in it is perfectly placed. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, and, it do, and it doesn't feel forced. It's natural. It's a natural comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And does, oh. does not take away from the tension you feel throughout the. Entire. Not at all. If anything, it amplifies it at certain moments because you have that awkward laugh and you're like, yeah, but still awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, wonderfully uh, cast and wonderfully yeah acted and everything. I can't so, think uh, of anyone in there that could take those places like they were no. all so perfect no no he was uh, he stuck to uh, jordan peele stuck true to his vision on that and to to everyone's benefit did you oh, hear right. that um daniel kaluuya kaluuya yeah. Um, yeah he auditioned with a north american accent because he had heard that jordan peele didn't want a a non north american actor to play that lead role huh. so um, when he found out he was British, he was like, you son of a bitch. It's <laughs> 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 gotcha. still cast him anyway. Sure. Those British and Australians always stealing our North American roles. He, he, swir- he gave him a Hugh Laurie swerve on that. I like that. 
that's always the that's the big running joke from uh from house mm-hmm. they cast you laurie because you know they were trying to find a, a really strong american actor and he laurie sent his tape in and everyone's like see look this is the perfect you know, american actor to do this and everyone's like uh dude he's been british his entire life <laughs> how do you not know who hugh laurie is yeah, exactly but, but at that point in time before house unless you were a big fan of british comedy you wouldn't yeah, know black who adder was yeah, like he was black filming, adder he was and Brian laurie he, he hadn't done anything over here significantly and when he had he'd usually had a north american accent because he was trying to get yeah. cast in america yeah Stuart little and uh flight of the phoenix yeah he was british and Stuart little was he not uh, don't remember I don't remember. Have to watch I didn't think he was, but he, he may have been, yeah. but either way. Anyway, just, that was my, my fun anecdote on that. But yeah. Yeah. 2018, 2018. And this is where I'm going to go back on a statement. I literally just made, uh, but I will explain why. So 2018 for me, the best film of the year is Avengers infinity war. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, will, and I will fight anyone that disagrees with me on that one. Uh, any movie that is able to consistently make that many millions of people cry at some point in time <laughs> ever made. or silent. I mean, or silent. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. again, it was the, it was the culmination of 10 years mm-hmm. of buildup. Um, and I, there, I had a debate with actually with Jen about this because I had said, you know, like I, I have a hard time when I'm making like top 10 lists of including, uh, chapters of films. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, well, what about Infinity War? And I said, the difference between Infinity War and some other films is that Infinity War, you don't actually have to have seen any of the other Marvel movies before that movie to understand what's happening. You won't get a lot of the little jokes that they make, but every character they introduce, you get enough story about them to understand who they are, mm. to appreciate what's happening. So I actually have... I actually do know some people who strangely had not seen any of the Marvel movies and they went to see it and they thought it was very mediocre. So I sure. don't know if it would work as well, but I still but, agree with your choice yeah. though, just to be clear. So it's not going to be, it won't be the be all end all movie if you haven't seen anything else. But like I said, you can go into that movie blind and still not be like, who's that character? Who are they? What's like, you don't need to know the previous relationships from the last 10 years of films to get the movie. It's well structured. It's well yeah. shot. Yeah, so you, were able, you were able to understand what was happening without the knowledge, which for me again makes a great movie where you, especially if it's part of a franchise where you don't need to have the history mm-hmm. to get the movie. Yeah, I agree with the choice also because, um, like you, I would be reluctant to pick a part, but because it's it is the culmination of a ten year event, like it's mm-hmm. it's not really a movie in the normal sense, right? I mean, this is yeah. like a cinematic event, you know, that yes. has never happened before. So mm-hmm. it's something that's very unique. Um, I do have another movie that year, but I'll save it for later. But then I, I, I definitely I, like Infinity War very, very There was a couple others I had for that too, but I, I had looked at them like, I can't not talk about Infinity War. As, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As for, especially for that, because it was such a precedent setting movie when it came out that I couldn't, I could not try to find something that I'm like, but this was better. There was tons of stuff that was produced better or acted better or even designed better. But that this movie again was just, it's going to be talked about in film history. Yeah. The impact for sure. Yeah, the impact of it is, you know, just yeah, it's phenomenal. Made, it's made every other studio run around with their heads cut off, not knowing how to recreate it. And exactly. Like, everyone else has failed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Justice League. <laughs> Uh, and then we get to 2019. <laughs> so it's the last, the last year of the decade. And again, I'm calling an audible on this one because I had submitted a choice to these guys 
And I still think it was one of the better movies of last year. But then I do, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. But I part of when I was building lists, I kind of built the list backwards because I wanted to try to go with what was in my recent memory. And the movie that I have picked, I hadn't seen when I started building the list. Okay, I have since seen it, so I was able to. Uh, for me, 2019, the best film of the year was The Lighthouse. Oh, I showed I, up um, the one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, I can agree with that. And it is, if you haven't seen it, it is, it is something to be seen. I'm eagerly yeah. waiting. It is really, really, really good. All right. Well, um, I'm glad we don't have to beat you now from uh, the other list yeah. that you provided them. Um, so that's good. <laughs> Lighthouse, I stand behind. Uh, and again, I like Dr. Sleep. <laughs> I, I originally, no, originally I had Dr. Sleep. And again, I, I do love that movie. And again, it was part of that argument was, well, technically it's a sequel. I'm like, yes, but it was a sequel that was written. 30 years after the original and it was never intended to be a serialized story. Yeah. It does stand alone. Even the movie stands alone where you don't need to have seen the shining to get it. It helps, but you don't need yeah. it. In fact, it. I would argue that because the first two thirds deal with so much new material that those are the strongest parts. And the, the last very end part, which does kind of go back to the original film yeah. is the weakest part of the, the film. That's, yeah, but it, that's a whole other debate, but, that's a whole other but debate. I, I, I do think that, yeah, I, I agree. It's so far mm-hmm. it removed that you don't need the other film. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. yeah. So but for me, yeah. So lighthouse, the lighthouse, it, um, Robert, I was I was skeptical last year when they announced Robert Pattinson was going to be playing Batman, and I was skeptical mm-hmm. sure. right up until I watched The Lighthouse, and then I went, "Oh, yep. I get it now." Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. Yeah. Like yeah. that now. Now I'm like I'm actually really excited to see him play Batman after yeah. having watched that, him perform there. That's been a, that's been a good few years culmination of work for him in that because after yeah, like everything the Twilight series and that he went. He really went to ground in that as far as filmmaking went. That instead of well, big offers, he went with out there indie directors and some, you know, yeah. some classic stories. Like, yeah, one of one of the films he did, I think, post Twilight was uh Cosmopolis with uh David yeah. Greenberg. Right. Yeah, yeah right. that movie was amazing. He, I he he took the smart route where he like he you know he did the studio thing to get his name out there and to make his money. And then it was okay, but I actually want to be an actor. Yeah. So I need to not just keep taking the big budget rom-coms that everyone was going to be throwing at him because it was Robert Pattinson. It's like, no, I mm-hmm. want to actually prove that I can do this. Yeah. Um, and he stands toe to toe with Willem Dafoe in that movie. And there is not a missed beat between the two of them. There are yeah. some, yeah. there are some scenes where there are the two of them sitting in across each other from a table with a candle that are some of the most intense scenes I've ever seen filmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, it's like a, a relatively relaxed scene, but there's the tension that builds around it because you see, you know, these two men are starting to crack, and they're yeah. just having pleasant conversation, and you're like, I don't know how this is going to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's very uh, on the edge of your seat, uh, kind yeah. of uh, movie making, and um, yeah. the way it's shot and everything. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely one of my top films of the year, and yeah, I agree with this choice uh, definitely. Yeah. It's uh, it's a uh, yeah. It, there's a lot of movies that. I guess touch on insanity. I don't know if that's really something, you know, that I could put forth with regards to this film, but yeah, it definitely, it's so stressful. And um, mm-hmm. for somebody to be able to act toe to toe with Will Defoe, like, mm-hmm. I mean, man, the two of them so good. Yeah. Movie. Oh yeah. No, it's, it is definitely worth, if you haven't seen it, definitely worth seeing. Robert Eggers, the director of the witch from a yes. few years yes. back. Yes. 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 Which I didn't know going into it. And then as soon as I found that out, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah. That's why I had to go see it because I knew that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I rushed the out witch. for that one. 
Yeah, I I watched um, Parasite and The Lighthouse in the same day, oh, which Lord. I don't recommend. Don't no, don't no. do that. Okay, Good Try, Lord, no. separate those by a week, and then you'll be able to appreciate them both. But don't don't do them back to back. Oh, Just say, God, oh man, no, dude. No. Oh, yeah. that'll put um, you in a dark, angry place. Did I tell yeah. you this one time in university? My friend was like, "I need some movies to watch," and I was like, "Okay, have you seen Schindler's List?" She's like, "No." I was like, it's a good movie. You should watch it. You, you being in into history, you'd appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, any other movies? I was like, I really <laughs> enjoyed Train Spotting. Um, I think oh. it's really, like, <laughs> so. She watched both of those movies in one oh, day. And God. I was like, why? Why did you do why? that? Why? Why would you? Why would you? Why would you? I was like, when I give you suggestions, don't watch them all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That's a bad this idea. This isn't a yeah. marathon list. This is <laughs> stuff you should watch at some point. List. Good yeah. lord. Yeah. Anyway, she doesn't ask me for suggestions anymore. (laughs) Can't imagine why. Those are such feel-good films. So those are your list. That's your list. So that's my list. That is my list. Is there anything on anyone else's list that they that they feel like should be on the top ten list of the twenty tens? Gus, we want to go with you first. Some of my choices were a little bit different and for different reasons. So like 2011, although I agree hundred percent Captain America mm-hmm. bridesmaids came out See, and it sounds funny. It, it is. That was on my short list. It's one, those, it's one of those movies that I think really changed the dynamic and really put women mm-hmm. on the same level as everybody yeah. else. Right? Yeah. Like, and it wasn't, it didn't seem contrived. It didn't seem, mm-hmm. um, you know, like it, but I mean, like, I don't mean, they, they were able to find, I think, a way to bottle what had been working for years with things like super bad and those kind yeah. of things. They, yeah. they made and uh, really said, you know what, yeah. we're going to level the playing. Field. It was, it was an, an all female gross out comedy, which had never been done up until that point. Okay. So then I've got 2012. I had, this is 40. So obviously comedy is a big thing for me. <laughs> I think this is 40 yeah. struck more of the chord because that was the cusp of, Oh shit, I'm just about there. So uh, <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know what? I didn't I, like that movie when I saw it. Um, it's really I, I I liked it. It was funny. Uh-huh. I have watched it since then as I've gotten older and it is getting funnier as I get older. Yeah. But I mean it it was not for me, especially that year, it wasn't the best movie. Yeah, I guess I was just right. turning thirty something, thirty-one or yeah. something when that movie yeah, came so out. So I don't think it would have even, I appreciated yeah. it as yeah. much as I would now. Don't even rub it in. <laughs> I think I think it's definitely I think it should definitely be required viewing for anyone that is turning for it. It's kidding, absolutely. But that's what I mean. But at that point in time, I was like, it's funny, but it's not like like it's not. Yeah, for that year, it was okay. It wasn't great. I enjoyed Twelve Years a Slave in 2013. That That was a beautiful. uh, Real close for me. That was real close. But because I had just put Django for twelve, I'm like, I don't want to go back to back. And I liked 12 years, I, but I liked Wolf more. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had uh, 2017 Logan. Yeah. As yeah. Monty. Uh, That's a yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, again, was up there for me. It was on my list, yeah. but I was like, bah. And it's one of those, I think, that it just really did a good job in bookending a character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, there really isn't anyone else. I think you could ever picture playing that role. Oh, it's gonna be and hard. I think that I think that that yeah. send off that they did was just picture perfect, and the cinematography I thought was very good. Uh, it wasn't the best, but it was very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pacing was pretty good in it. It wasn't. It didn't feel like it was shoehorning too much in. Mm-hmm. It felt like a know? western. 
Yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, it was definitely, I think like when it finished, I, you know, I left there misty. Right. And yeah. I mean, I don't normally do that for any kind of yeah. movie. So, and they introduced X twenty three, which I never thought would happen. Yes, um, she was wonderfully and done too by Daphne, whatever Keen? her name is. Keen, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, no, I there, I can't dispute that as an as a pick mm-hmm. for a favorite movie of seventeen, and that like it just hit all the beats. You know, it was that Wolverine movie that we all wanted to see. It just happened to be his last one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't send off of a character. It was a send off of an actor who you know. You know, just yeah, knocked opened up like this entire cinematic universe for everybody in that. Movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And also has Richard E. Grant as a bad guy. So how bad could it be? Absolutely. <laughs> and then 2018, my choice would have been Stars Born. Mm. Although I agree that Avengers Infinity yeah. War needs to be on there. That was that was, but, that was part of the reason why is I had Stars Born as my second choice. But I was like between okay. the two, like if, if Avengers hadn't happened. It would have been a star is born. Yeah. But because I mean, I just think, yeah, yeah. it was such an event that I couldn't not, I couldn't not talk about it. No, for sure. And then my 2019 movie would have been Joker. I just think it was such a superbly acted movie that Mm. I, I, I'm, I can't find a flaw in it other than it's not the Joker. Yes. See that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> but for yeah, me, that's, that's, that, that's for me is the biggest flaw. And that's why right? I couldn't put it on there is because I, we've had this argument where it's like, it was a good Joker, yeah. but it was not my Joker. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I thought like I, yeah. he deserves the accolades he's getting for it. Yes. All of them. Absolutely. Because let me tell you, it's just been, to me, it's one of those movies where I walked out of there. Yeah. The performance. Sincerely Joaquin Phoenix will, will definitely be known for his Arthur Fleck. That is like one of the defining roles of his career. That and for me, it's Arthur Fleck and Commodus are what King yeah. Phoenix is like crowning gem. Yeah. Um, and that's why, but I will always say it's Arthur Fleck. I can't call it Joker because yeah. that's yeah. not. Um, uh, for me, it, it falls in line with like a, a, just a great graphic novel. Because you look at it like graphic novels in the DC, you know, universe and that, yeah. that deal either Batman or Joker and that. And there's mm-hmm. so many things. But it's, uh, for some reason why I didn't put, I couldn't put Endgame on that list. Yeah. And it's because again, yeah. not because it was a bad movie, but it, it's the argument I gave with um, uh, the, with the sequels is that with Infinity War, you don't have to have seen any of the movies to get what's happening yeah. there. If you haven't with seen Endgame. And, any yeah. movies with Endgame, it makes no sense. No, you, yeah, don't, you exactly. don't know or care who any of these people are. No, so you. It's and for me, I'm like that makes it's a great second part. Yeah, but if you don't have the first part, you can't have the you. Can't yeah. appreciate the second. And if you didn't watch all 10 years of Marvel movies, you wouldn't appreciate it as much either, right? Because yeah. uh, Thor talking to his mother wouldn't have the impact. Yeah. Well, yeah. In Dark World. No, even, for, with, even for with Endgame, if you haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's required viewing to understand what's happening with that. So you, yeah. I can't put it on uh, as the best no. because it's, yeah. it's re- there's too much required viewing to appreciate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. But it was Hawk. You were talking about. Uh... Yeah, I was talking about like with the DC universe. Yeah. One of the nicest things about it is that there can be a, a different interpretation of a character in that through yes. any writer or artist. Um, and the fact that you know DC universe, DC cinematic universe, kind of took a chance on a film like this, uh, saying that here is a one-off. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it is just yes. a one-off. That it's going to so, explore a big character in a very, a, you know, interesting film history quoting kind of way. Yeah. Right. Well, especially because it was Todd Phillips who was not known for doing really serious work up until that point. Yeah, exactly. He was comedy, right? He was, he, yeah. he drafted some of the best comedies of the, like the 2000s and 2010. Yeah. 
but uh, this was a huge step forward for him mm-hmm. as a filmmaker, as a writer. Um, I, I think it, it helped that he did a star is born, right? Or he helped yeah. uh, do it. Yeah. He'd worked on that one. Yeah. Gave him some credit. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was, even though the movie reminded me a lot of, it was, there's a lot of similarities I saw to um, uh, the, was it Brian DeBruzio's Joker graphic novel? Yeah. Just like just the sort of the, the not and not obviously not story or, or anything like that, but just the the same kind of vibe I got from it. And I will say, I think the final scene uh, in Joker, and that was definitely a nod to uh, Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight, um, if I'm if I'm mm-hmm. remembering correctly. In that, when Joker was reintroduced to the world on a talk show, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Uh, any others, Gus? No, that was it for me. Hawk, anything from you that we've that may have deserved a spot on the list? Well, if we're going back, um, I had a couple, I had a few on my list going back to 2010 and that I don't want to get too much into them and that because we're going long here, but uh, yeah. uh, I'll throw some names out. Back okay. from 2010, uh, the film I had was Winter's Bone. I don't know if everybody's seen Ooh. this. Oh, have not. I forgot I have about one. that film. Yeah. Yeah. Introduce mm. the. Yeah, introduced uh, J- uh, Jennifer Lawrence to the world, and that it's yeah. still one of my favorite films from that year. Um, hmm. Probably my one because you know it, I I consider it one, a, a perfect film. Hmm. Wow, and, okay, I'll have to give it a watch. I've never seen that one to be honest. Oh, it's, so. it's a good film. I think you would appreciate it. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah Noir check that out. crime thriller th- told through the perspective of a teen girl. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give, it, I'll give it a look for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 2011. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Oh yeah. yeah. That was a good film. It was yeah. good, yeah. I don't know if I put it in the top ten of my list, but I yeah. think it was a good film. It was good. Yeah. It, it, that one it had been a while. It's been a while since I just remember I saw it when it came out. I haven't seen it since then, and it kind of just it always it always slips out of my memory. It's like, oh yeah, that was a great movie, and then I just forget about it again. Um adapt, you know, an adapt uh, kind of a re redo of I guess a novel and that um, yeah. but also Alec Guinness TV series from the eighties. I don't know if anybody yep. ever. Yes. Yeah, one of the spy masterpieces of all time. Um, two thousand twelve. My favorite movie was Avengers. You know, but there was a couple yeah. of people I want to mention. The Master uh, by P.T. Anderson, featuring Joaquin, yeah. one of Seymour Hoffman's last ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, a little film uh, from a little-known director at the time called Ryan Johnson, called Looper. <laughs> Yeah, never heard of him. <laughs> Ryan, who? Yeah, I liked uh, Looper. I thought it was a great film. No, I, I did. I, I did enjoy Looper a lot. Uh, Sounds I had, subversive. I, I had a lot. Of, <laughs> I had a lot of issues with Looper, which is why I couldn't. It's a. It's a very contentious film. People either absolutely love it or absolutely hate it. Mm. Um, that's a. That's found, a weird way to make movies, in my opinion. <laughs> it's, it's worked for him his entire career. So why not? <laughs> A, it's called a niche. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the thing. He, he, Ryan Johnson makes the movies that he likes to make, and if people want to give him money to do it, they will, and they have so far. So he's got to be doing something right, whether we like it or not. That's great. Just don't give him a franchise or anything, because that could yeah, really yeah. fine. <laughs> Holy crap! I don't even want to imagine. Give him a Marvel movie. Jeez, it's okay. After Captain all, America will be a Hydra agent. I mean, who knows? Uh-uh. <laughs> that's never happened before. No. Uh, he's already started. He's starting his own franchise with this with his latest one, so that's fine. Yep, yep, that's true. So we'll let him. We'll let him deal. With it. Maybe someone will take over the uh, the Knives Out franchise, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Just screw it right up and be like, "Oh no, no! It was just we. It was a creative way of going." They'll about do it. a standalone where uh, Daniel Craig's actually the murderer, and it'll destroy the whole thing. It'll be great. 
Oh, they took JJ Abrams to do the next Knives Out. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, God. Oh. be amazing. That'd be the best feud ever. Uh, if, if, you, if you want to poetic justice, you have to get JJ to do the last Knives Out movie because he has to then finish a series. <laughs> nice. Very good. Uh, okay, okay, let's get away from this. <laughs> We're talking about the decade. We can't not talk about this stuff. Okay. 2013. Um, I we already talked about 12 Years a Slave. So yeah. another film from that year that really stuck out for me was Prisoners from a French Canadian mm. director, Dennis Villeneuve. Yes, uh, see that one later. Yeah. Would do uh, Blade Runner, and then in the future, uh, Dune. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this was a great little film as far as character drama and that, but it also kind of established him as like, uh, the way it, as a cinema, uh, you know, and the way he directs framing and cinematography and that mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of heralded his future in that, he, you know, it, it, it seems like a small film, but it's filmed in a, in a really big way and it, it, it heralds like, you know, what was to come from him, but uh, nice, great performances from Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to give that a look. I, I remember hearing about that. I've never seen it, so I'll have to put it on my list. Uh, I'll jump to 2017. Uh, my f- my pick that year might be a bit contentious, but uh, Blade Runner 2049. I love that movie. Yeah. I thought it was great. I like that movie too. I don't think it was better than Get Out, but 2017. So many good movies. Yeah, there was. Yeah. There was, there was a real, I found there was a real dip from about 11 to 13, 14, where there was, there was a lot of movies that came out, but not a lot of them were phenomenal in my mind. And then right. once, once you cross 2016, 2016 through 19, like I said, there was, it was hard because there were so many great movies that started coming out one after the other. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know how to decide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coins. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'll just spin a top. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anything else? Huck? Um, let's see, going down my list. 2018 was my number one. Was probably Infinity War. Um, I didn't really see too much else beyond that. You know, that really stuck out. Um, I have a couple from that year. I think mm-hmm. possibly the, the other best film of that year was Roma. Um, I never saw that movie. I remember that was on your that was on your list when we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. the first time. Yeah, you know, we, I think we did an episode where we kind of covered you know some indie uh, productions. We did. Uh, we, we, we did. We uh, did the best I, films I, of twenty nineteen. I, I, I actually went back and listened to that that episode, but I was making my list to make sure that I wasn't going <laughs> to take yeah. stuff I'd already talked about because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that. That would be <laughs> yeah. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, as far you know, it's in a year where Infinity War was like the big one, and that 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 one uh, stood out yeah. for its film. Mm-hmm. And uh, story and Alfonso Cuaron, you know, yeah, beautiful director, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, and he makes good movies too. No, nope. <laughs> 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 hey, 2019, I don't have a favorite yet, uh, I haven't seen enough, so <laughs> I'm going to leave that one blank. Uh, I have to catch, up on, I have to catch up on Knives Out, I have to catch up on Jojo, Lighthouse, mm-hmm. Jojo, such okay. a good movie, yeah. Speaking of Jojo, movie. Steve, what's on your list? Uh, yeah, I didn't actually go through the exercise of going through the whole decade because it's it's a lot it's a of work. Lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I definitely respect uh, Matt's list. Uh, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, but yeah, I you know I'm just gonna skip a couple of the earlier ones and just go towards the end, the second half, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you guys have mentioned a couple, so I, I think just in the last few years, though, um, 
Uh, Upgrade was a movie I really ah, enjoyed from 2018. That was on my list. Oh, sorry. Mm. No, I that's thought you okay. were no. say Spider-Verse. So. That is um, what it's also on my list. Okay, I'll let you talk about Spider-Verse. But yeah, uh, Upgrade is this little film, and uh, I, I gushed about it probably in a previous mm-hmm. episode, but I do really yeah. recommend it. I mean, there's not very many movies that I think get cyberpunk well, yeah. and mm-hmm. this is a movie that is... Uh, it, it just skirts that edge, and the acting is just so good. Like that I, was, I, just, um, I think it's a great little movie. That was Blumhouse and Tom Hardy. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. No, it's not Tom Hardy. It's not a guy Tom who, looks, who looks exactly like Tom Hardy, like but it's not. Oh, what's his name? Logan. 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 Yes. Logan. Yeah. Some other. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, because he had a bit of a beard there. He, he looked like, you know, Matt that Max, would be, I think that might have been why I didn't see it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, want to watch another Tom Hardy movie. <laughs> he was the first shocker in Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He oh, was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got uh, both Tom Hardy and Logan Marshall Green in the Spider Universe. Logan Marshall Green, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, in 2016, uh, uh, Deadpool, I do think, was a movie that's worth noting, um, just yep. because it kind of did something I didn't think was possible. Yes, and um, and it, it uh, the movie holds up. And then I guess uh, I'll just I'll just fast forward back to back to now. Um, I'm I don't really have a top ten for this year because. Like Hawk was saying, I still have to watch a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, I have seen a lot of the ones we've talked about, but it's all like really depressing and insanity and war. Like my yeah. top five <laughs> movies are all just... So right now, my top position is uh, either 1917 or mm-hmm. Jojo Rabbit. Um, yeah. I'm not totally sure what form of existential horror I'm preferring, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I, I, I got to kind of you know, watch a couple movies, but I do highly right. recommend those two movies for anybody. Um, they're both great for their own reasons. And, um, and yeah, yeah. Going back to the beginning of the decade is hard because I don't remember a lot of those movies too. That's the other part. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's all I wanted to add. I don't think I found Jojo rabbit depressing. There, there are moments. No, that's, that true. Sad. that's true. I, I, it, it was very, it actually, it, it was very balanced. You're right. Yeah. 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 And, and the, the children actors were really good. Yeah, they're like surprisingly yeah. good. Because um, it was well, mostly based around those two kids, right? So, yeah. Taika's just pretty much to whatever he touches is gold at this point in time. I don't think, I can't think of anything he's done where I've been like, that was crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. Knocking on, wood, knocking on wood with a yet. What we do in Shadows was another good movie that he did in this mm-hmm. decade. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so. That's uh, it actually good. was, uh, I think it was early 10. It was 2014 was what we do with Shadow. Yeah, no. It didn't show up when I was looking. If I if I'd seen that, I would have put it in over John Wick. That's just I, At first, wow. I was just like, what movies would I, would I appreciate yeah. over these movies? And then I checked the years, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. See, um, that really irritates me, because I mean, oh, no, no, I'm gonna have to, I because all the lists I was checking for what was released when, that one never came up, because I would have put it on a list. Mm, that's if fair. I had, had it, because it I love that movie. I just watched it again just a couple weeks ago, so it's fresh in my mind, and I was just like, I "It holds up. It's a it's a, a great film." Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll I guess I'll, I'll go through since Steve, are you done? Are you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have any more? Jojo Rabbit was a good pick. Um, I'm gonna go backwards because everyone else okay. has gone forward. Um, so Jojo Rabbit, like Steve said, 19, 2018. 18. I, I I would definitely put Upgrade, but I would also put Bohemian Rhapsody on there. Like, it's yeah. Really? I love that movie. Um, I have a oh, see. I had a hard time I, getting through. I love that movie too, but I don't think it was the best movie of the year. No, 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 no. It, it, but it is a good movie. I, I had a really hard time with it. Yeah, I think because my expectations were so high on it. That's, that's fair. fair. I wonder if that's why I liked Rocket Man way better. Mm-hmm. Um, because my, ex- I really liked it because it was a it was a 
fantastical. Just, yeah, yeah. right. It wasn't <coughs> rude. Yeah, so brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, 2018. Spider Verse. Uh, yeah. Oh, Spider Verse was definitely my year of 2018. It's probably my favorite movie of the past decade. It's uh, again a great movie. I I don't personally don't think it was the best movie of the year. It was definitely the best animated film, but I also don't watch a lot of animated films to. I watch a lot of comparison. it yeah. based on you, children <laughs> because you have kids. And I think absolutely, I absolutely would say that uh, into the spider verse is definitely the best movie of 2018 for kids to see. I think, think sorry, especially for all those geeks with kids, it's the best movie for them to pick. Eh? That, oh, yeah. oh, nice. Bringing it back. There I was going to say though, like that, yeah, I suppose. But on the other hand, I I do actually count it as a perfect movie as well because mm-hmm. there's this, there's just it, the the storytelling and the pacing and the acting because there is just the you know just the animation is so mm-hmm. well done like the expressions and everything mm-hmm. just come across like I, I I don't know it that's a movie I really think is uh, regardless of whether you're a kid or comic book fan it, it still yeah. has some moments that i just i tear up like every time i see it like yeah. i love it so the the art style mimics the music the music yeah. forms the story and everything informs each other and it's amazing i was talking to my friend who's an animator out in vancouver and he was talking he's friends with a bunch of people who worked on this film and he said cool. that this film broke them mm, yeah um, they're so happy <laughs> like the the studios pretty much does not dissolve but it's like in not in shambles but people have gone off to the wind. And he said that, um, yeah, the fact that it was regarded so well is something that they hold really close to them because they had such a hard time going through that film. Burned everyone out trying to make it. Yeah, it broke their spirits and stuff at times. Sure. Um, mm. Well, they're I, working for Sony. I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was the animation company, actually, that was um, killing them. But sure, yeah, I don't want to talk off of uh, rumors at that point. Um, but I think that's actually probably my favorite film of the decade. Um, I love that. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's well, a good I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. Anything with John Mulaney is going to be gold. So I, you know, I'll give you that hands down, but um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 2017, we talked about Dunkirk. We talked about um, Get Out, which is my favorite year thing of that mm-hmm. year. I'm surprised, Hawk, you used to, used to talk about this movie a lot. Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. I thought oh, uh, yeah. was your film of that year. I, I could have swore we talked about that back then. I, I definitely haven't burned out on that film of that because I still watch it every time it's on. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those ones like, you know, Thor was always the bumpiest uh, franchise for me. And that yeah. was the first movies I was not, you know, into. Uh, you know, they made money, but like, you know, the story just, you never gelled. Mm. And then like, you know, this, this guy comes along, Taika Waititi and that, and he, he you know, taps into Chris Hemsworth's comedic side and that to the mm-hmm. fullest potential. Mm-hmm. Great tight script. Uh and just you know, it's Knocked a stand of the part. And and yeah. kickstarted the gold bloom assaults. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh 2016, I had a I had a bunch of different movies. Um, I really enjoyed 10 Cloverfield Lane. I don't think it's at the top, but it's just I, I had it on my list, but again, it was it was a good movie. It was not Yeah. I it's, it's, it's a, a close lot. Maybe I would have liked it a lot more if they had kept it kept its original title. Well, sure. was it the room? Yeah, that makes. Did that <laughs> they just released the movie called The Room like the year before, didn't they? That's why they had to hold off on it, but it was still like. You're talking was, about once they put Cloverfield yeah. into the title, the expectations for the movie changed, and that mm, that's true. Yeah, it evolved. Yeah. Yeah, because you also never was expecting it to be a hot take sequel, and it's like, oh, it has nothing to do with the original movie in any way, shape, or form. It 
and it killed the performance. I mean, John Goodman was phenomenal. John Gallagher Jr. was phenomenal. Uh, I can't help Elizabeth Weinstead. Weinstead was amazing yeah. in that movie. Yeah. But just all when it shifts it like that, all of a sudden you're just left going, um, yeah, it was all right. Mm-hmm. But um, again, I uh, I think my favorite film of 2016 was another animated film, Kubo and the Two Strings, which is a stop motion uh, yeah. film. I wrote a lot of good things about that one. That's on my list. So I'm I surprised to, you have to watch that. it. I know I missed it. I was going to go see it in some. See, yeah. I haven't actually watched the whole thing, so I couldn't weigh in on it properly. Oh yeah, definitely check it out. Um, I don't think I have anything for 2015. <laughs> Oddly enough, 2014, yeah. I put what we do in shadows, and we talked about that just recently. Yeah. Um, 2013, Inside Lewin Davis. Have you guys seen this film? Oh yeah, I it was all right. I I very as a musician I really appreciated this movie. See that again that's everyone I've talked to if they're a musician they absolutely love the film. Mm-hmm. Um and if like I can I liked it I'm not a, I'm not a musician so I didn't get in, as into it as I know musicians have. Yeah. And um Oscar Isaacs was wonderful in it. Um, yes. So I think that was my introduce introduction to him. Yeah, it's likely. Yeah. It's um, yeah. one of that? his 2013 I did have one for 2014. Ex Machina. I forgot. Mm. Oh, I forgot. Mm. It's on the list. Yeah, that was oh, all right. That movie was... That, 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 that was a movie where I was like, Alex Garland, mm-hmm. really good writer, really good director. I don't know. Really, also Oscar Isaacs. Yeah, exactly. That's why yeah. that's where I put it together. Right. Um, right. Earlier films, not nothing really. 2013, I really enjoyed Snowpiercer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Again, that was um, a great movie, yeah. Or Oblivion, like th- these are movies no. that I visually yeah. I thought was amazing. What was that? We talked. So, sorry, yeah. Huck? No, Hawks. Oh. You said uh, Oblivion. Yeah, it was not. Oh, okay. One of- I like that movie. I thought it was amazing. Um, nothing before that really. 2010, I had Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. we all know how much I love that movie. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but other than that, I think I think you had a pretty spot on list, Matt. Like, yeah, it was a good list. Everything that was on there, I felt like deserved, all deserved to be on there for sure. I appreciate yeah. your last minute changes. Well, and that, that's <laughs> what I said, like, look, as soon as you know, this happened when I was like, send the list in now. And I was like, I haven't decided yet. I was like, okay, I'm going to go with this. And and I will personally laugh at this. So I sent it out, and you know, Hawk said, yeah, it's a great list. And because that was a great list. Eric's like, thumbs up. And Steve was dead silent. I'm like, I'm going to get killed tonight. <laughs> He said the thumbs what? up eventually. He said the thumbs up to us recording at nine tonight, not to anything. That had to do with the <laughs> very, that's very astute, Matt. It's very astute. And, right, I, said, man. I, like, well, and I was like, well, he definitely read the message. And then he stopped <laughs> reading the messages after that. So he's probably screaming at the screen. I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, so, so, but I, and I was still iffy about it. So I'm like, I'll put this down. I did a bunch of stuff. And then right before dinner, I'm like, I'll look at the list again. I was like, I gotta change some of these because I'm just not feeling them. I'm like, I'm gonna go back to my original thoughts. Kind of glad I did. <laughs> yes, there, I, there was, I'm glad you did too. <laughs> There's one film in 2012 that I wanted to talk about because I think everyone hates this film, but me. Uh-huh. Um, it was John Carter of Mars, which oh, I didn't see it. I don't hate yeah, it. Oh, man, oh, that, uh, nobody Disney, saw it. That's that the Disney problem. John Carter. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. The alien garbage. I love that movie. <laughs> It was. It did justice to the books, and I didn't expect that. Um, but you know, I don't. I know people did not expect what they saw, and I think they yeah. expected Star Wars. Yeah, uh, and they didn't get that. It which was, was unfortunate. It was poorly promoted. 
yes. which is we, which is very rare for Disney to actually be able to mispromote one of their own properties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the pro it, it my when I watched it, I looked at that and said, if they had made this movie twenty years ago, it would have been a breakaway hit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If they had if they had gone old school with it, or if they had animated it, if they animated that film, it would have been a breakout hit as well. But the if they did less action, green screen, I, I feel yeah. like it would have been better because it was just mm. it was all CG all the time, and I was like, I don't care about any of these care about anything that's happening here. Like it was cool to watch, mm-hmm. but it was just for me. I was like, eh. they also condemned. They also took like not just the first book; they took a bit of the second sure. and put it in there. So it's just like. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to make this into a franchise. Right. You got to stick that they? first one first. Yeah. Before we like can move stick forward. the landing before you start leaving threads for a second one. Yeah. But as a well, person who's, um, who appreciates the books and the yeah. history behind it, I really enjoyed that film. Yeah. It's nice to see it come and, you know, be brought to life at least once, you know, so. Yeah. And apparently um, has a cult following now. So that's weird. Sure. I'm going to have to I mean, check it out was, for that sure. Was what, that was 11 or 12? 12, I think. I was, I was honestly was just trying to remember. Yeah, John Carter. Okay, I was just trying to remember. I, I just remember it being so heavily promoted and just like because it was Disney, they were really pushing that movie, and then it came out and it just landed so flat. It was mm-hmm. I haven't I think, seen a movie yeah. since uh, treated like that since uh, up, up until Cats, where it was just like such a wet fart of a release and a. <laughs> Disney had a weird like early twenty tens like promoting stuff because they didn't promote Tron Legacy well either. And yeah. that was 2010. And I love that film as well. Yeah, I was, I was kind of waiting for you to mention that one. Yeah. But Scott Pilgrim uh, was that year, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I did think of one movie in 2012 because I didn't see Django Unchained. Um, mm-hmm. It was uh, Skyfall. Um was also mm, 2012. Yeah, that was which, all right. Due to the fact that I didn't see Django, I mean, that sure. ends up being my top movie for that. And year. Skyfall was a, was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a good film. Is that the it, one where they brought back um, Blowfield? No. That was, was that no, the I next one? That's the next one. Spectre. Yeah. No, Skyfall was where they kind of did a, a sort of soft reset. Oh, they killed M. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, that one. That was. Yeah, sad. that's yeah. a depressing movie, but it's yeah. still. Yeah. Seeing the seeing the Bond Homestead though was amazing. Yeah, that was a, that was a neat. Yeah, that was a neat sort of evolution of the character, which I thought was yeah. you know they keep trying to change things, and I think that was actually one where it kind of worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And no, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't one of. It wasn't. See, for me, it wasn't even one of the best of the, the, the Bond franchise of that section. So I was like, it was all right, but it wasn't. Yeah, fair enough. For sure. Well, let's throw this out to our listeners. What did you think was the best film of the 2010s? Send us an email, write us a note, contact us on social. We're everywhere. Um, so I'd like to thank Gus, Matt, Hawk, and Steve for coming on and talking about films. Thank you, Matt, for making that list and yeah. you know, going through that whole exercise. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's really hard, and we're gonna throw that over to Hawk next because in two weeks we're gonna be doing the Geeks versus Hawks favorite TV shows of the 2010s. Wow, Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of stuff that has come out and gone in the 2010s. So yeah, you know, (laughs) they go and decide what best. Oh my god, I know it's gonna be a daunting list. And last year had some good stuff too. So yeah, Yeah. it just got better and better as it got you know through the decade so Mm -hmm. all right well thank you guys for coming on and thank you for listening have a good one goodbye Bye. Bye. well that's it for us this week on geeks with kids if you want to get a hold of us you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca 
And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.